All right. Uh, at the first service, we had a real move of God, and I'm believing that we're going to have another move of God. But one of the things that um, I'll end the sermon with this morning, and you'll be able to hear it here at the end, is that we need more proclamation. We've had some demonstration, but we need some proclamation. And so uh, I've asked Pastor James if uh, he, at the end of the service, I didn't catch him for first service. I want to start with him. And then Alicia both have a proclamation. And so uh, Pastor James, if you'll just grab this and you can just stand anywhere you want down there and um, give your proclamation because I just ask everybody, and I will be asking everybody at the end of service to give a proclamation. I'll be walking around with the mic, whatever you want to proclaim for the year 2022. And so Pastor James, when you're done, you can just take it to Alicia and then I'll get it back from Alicia later. So the, the theme for the next year is a fresh start. Yes, sir. And uh, kind of breaking old paradigms of the old way of thinking, old things. So when she was saying that, God talked to me, and he said, um, it's not uh, what you can do in the church, what you can do for the church, he said, but it's what you can do as the church, unlocking the things and gifts that's in each one of us that God's put in you to do in the world. So that's kind of where he took it with me. Shake that bush again, so, Pastor James. So not what you can do in the church or for the church, but as the church, you as individuals. Amen, all of us. So. Amen. Alicia. They were both in the first service, and I didn't make it around to everybody. Okay. So I was uh, hearing... And I wanted to be sure. And then, Ron, if you were here for first service, Ron actually kind of spoke to it, too. So, true worshipers of God, and there is going to be a warring spirit. A warring spirit is rising, and through our warring spirit is how we will worship. Amen. So, warring spirit is how we're going to give our worship. And uh, I'm just going to put this aside, and at the end of service... um, I'm going to ask you to give your proclamation as well. And you'll understand at the end of the service, all right? So every good preacher has a title, has a text, and has three points and a closing, and they close when they say they're closing. Okay, that's a really good point. And so last night we did the Restoration Monongahela Christmas party, and I told them all, I said, I'm going to give you a sermonette. I'm only going to give you five minutes or less, and then tomorrow you're going to have to tune in to hear the rest. And I did it in under four. So you're not going to get that sermon. You were supposed to laugh. <laughs> okay, you're going to get the whole sermon, all right? And so uh, the title of the sermon is Wake Up Jesus, all right? Look at your neighbor and say, Wake Up Jesus, all right? And our text this morning is Mark 4, verse 35 through 41. And it says, um, As the evening came, Jesus said to his disciples, Let's cross to the other side of the lake. He was already in the boat, so they started out leaving the crowds behind, although the other boats did follow. But soon a fierce storm arose. I don't know about you, but I can tell when a storm's going to come. My daddy used to say that the leaves go like this, and they cup up their their leaves because they want to receive the rain. So, you know, you'll start to see the leaves curl up. You'll start to smell it maybe where it's coming in. And these were fishermen. These guys had boats. They knew what was coming on. But let's continue here. And so... Soon a fierce storm arose and high waves began to break into the boat. High waves began to break into the boat. Not a good place. Until it was nearly full of water. Say nearly full of water. Jesus was sleeping at the back of the boat with his head on a cushion and frantically they woke him up. Shouting, teacher, don't you even care we're going to drown? When he woke up, it must have taken him a while. He must be like me. He must not just like wake up like Apostle Joe, right? Like, when I wake up, I'm kind of like, yeah, okay, maybe get a cup of coffee, and then I wake up. But it says, then he woke up, all right? 
And he rebuked the wind and said to the water, quiet down. Suddenly the wind stopped and there was a great calm. And he asked them, why are you so afraid? Do you still not have faith in me? And they were filled with awe and said among themselves, who is this man that even the wind and the waves obey him? Now, I believe that the year of awakening 2021 was a prophetic proclamation for the church. I believe that all of our words that God gives us for this church, each year there's a theme, and awakening has been the prophetic proclamation of this church. Now, in case you haven't noticed, we got that word in November, getting ready to do our 2021 calendar. And now, if you're listening to any of the prophetic words, or you're watching the news, or you're watching Dutch Sheets, or see, you know, Peter Wire, anybody, you know what they say? So, great awakening. We're awakening. There's an awakening. Well, let me tell you something. Prophets have to proclaim it first before it can happen. The angels proclaimed, the Old Testament proclaimed Jesus' birth, and then it said uh, in Isaiah, I believe, 61, his name will be Wonderful, Counselor, Prince of Peace, right? And so all of the Old Testament proclaimed something that was going to happen. So God proclaimed for this whole year that there would be an awakening. And how many of you have experienced an awakening? All right. And so this year, what he has said to us is that it's a year of a fresh start. Everybody say fresh start. All right. Now, I don't know about you, but see, fresh starts aren't always easy starts. You know, nobody likes to have, oh, well, I'm going to get a fresh start in my running schedule. I think I'm going to go out and run. And the next day you can't get up and down the stairs or you can't get up and off the throne, right? Because why? You had a fresh start on running. Sometimes it's painful. But this is the year, 2022, of the fresh start. And just like you didn't hear anything about awakening in 2020 and really nothing much in the beginning of 2021, you're not going to hear much about the fresh start. But I promise you, by the end of 2022, you're going to hear fresh start, fresh start, fresh start, fresh start, fresh start. Because God has said that's what the year is going to be. And I believe it. That settles it, right? So let's just say this. These guys are on this boat. They've been fishermen all their lives. They know when a storm's coming. Come on, we know pink in the morning is what? It was probably pink that morning. Pink in the morning, sailor's warning. Pink at night, sailor's delight. Well, it, it was not pink at night if there was going to be a storm coming that morning. I mean, they had been out there enough to know what was going on, but yet they didn't call on Jesus until the water was already breaking into the boat and it was nearly filled with water. Everybody say almost too late. True. So let's just say that you're playing NBA championship. You know, you're, 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 you're in the game. And you're in the fourth quarter and you're down 40 points. And you have this guy on the bench who's not played a minute. As a matter of fact, he's still in his warm-ups. He's not even sweating. And the guy's name is Michael Jordan. But you haven't even let him play. I'll come back to that here in a little bit. I'm going to give you three points to look at today. Are you ready? They all begin with T. It's going to be really easy. So when you go out to lunch, you can talk about the three T's your pastor talked about instead of roast to the pastor, right? None of you would do that, I'm sure. The three T's are trouble, team, and time. Trouble, team, and time. The three T's. And the first one I want to talk to you about is when Jesus is on the scene, usually there's trouble. In fact, he is the, if you will, troublemaker. He doesn't really make trouble for us. He makes trouble for the devil, but he allows trouble to come into our lives because sometimes trouble coming into our lives brings us into a process that we wouldn't normally go into. 
How many of you know pain will move you? Yeah, pain is God's megaphone. Pain will wake you up. Pain will move you. And so um, he knows exactly what we're in, and he allows all these to take place in our lives. He doesn't do these things. He just allows these things. And we see in this passage, his choice was, let's go over to the other side. Get in the boat. We're going to cross over. That was what Jesus said. It is not as if he didn't know the storm was coming because Jesus knows everything, right? So trouble is a process. Let me just say this. If you know of any way to make an omelet without cracking an egg, let me know. So sometimes things have to be broken to make something better. Oh, I'm talking to somebody this morning. See, how do I know peril of finances if I'm not a good steward? Oh, well, when I find out I have some financial peril, then I realize I'm not a good steward, and then God can use that to cause me to move into a process where I can become a good steward, right? So the only way players get ready for a game is not just if they read the playbook. They have to get sweaty and dirty and practice. Amen? So then you can say after you do all that, hey, coach, I'm ready to be put in the game. Jesus knew it all beforehand. Before he ever said, hey, guys, mind you now, he was talking to all these fishermen who'd been out on the ocean, who knew about the ocean, who knew about boats, who knew about storms, who knew about water, and he says to them, Let's go over to the other side. And he knew the storm was coming. Psalms 139, verse 16. We'll take a look at it. It says, Your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were already written in your book before one of them came to be. So you may be saying, Well, then why should I even get saved, Pastorina, if I'm going to have problems? Well, that's a good question. But the reason is because... Christianity is not a cakewalk. And if you think it's hard walking with Christ, it's worse walking without him. All right? So God does not put you through problems for no reason. He's trying to refine us. So what does pain and uh, hurt indicate? That something's wrong. When you have pain, when something's wrong, you you, you, you have this hurt. So we would not get rid of some stuff in our lives if we didn't have pain and hurt. When you feel pain, you need to address it. You just don't allow the pain to keep on going. And if you ignore the pain and allow the pain to progress, then the very thing that pain is trying to tell you so that you don't lose, you will lose. Let me give you an example. You have a pain in your tooth. Hurts really, really bad. You take care of it. You get to keep the tooth. The pain subsides. You still have the tooth. Ignore the pain, ignore the pain, ignore the pain. And what do you do? You lose the tooth. So God wants us to address things in our lives when he brings pain, not to ignore them. And this passage of the disciples being on the boat and Jesus saying, get in, we're going to the other side, and this pain process, the boat breaking up and the water coming into it, was to address something that was in our lives. And what was in their lives is they had a lack of faith. They had a lack of faith. And can I tell you, a lot of the church is waking up to the fact that they lack faith. They have the Word. They have their Bible. They have their disciplines. They have their reading time. They have their prayer time. They may even pray in tongues for a certain amount of time, but they lack faith. 
Faith doesn't come by just praying in tongues for 15 minutes. Faith doesn't come because you own a Bible. Faith doesn't come because you have a church or because you go to a church. How does faith come? By hearing and hearing by the word. And let me tell you something. Pain is God's megaphone. You hear a whole lot better when you hear through pain. Can I tell you, we connect through people's pain. If you've experienced a pain and somebody else has experienced that pain, you connect with them better than anybody else. Because it's a megaphone. It gets your attention. So this passage shows me that sometimes the worst storms happen to you when you're closest to God, when you're closest to Jesus, when you're closest to the presence and the power of Jesus. Jesus was on their boat, and their boat was the boat in the storm. Jesus was on their boat, and their boat was the one filling with water. Jesus was on their boat, and their boat was breaking. Can I tell you, just because bad things happen doesn't mean that you're not close to Jesus. Sometimes it means you're the closest to Jesus. All right, so first one then is trouble. The second T then is team. Why do we need a team? Because we cannot go through troubles without Jesus. We can choose to, but it won't bid well with us. But when we go through as a team, listen to John 15, 5. He says, I am the vine and ye are the branches. He that abideth in me and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. Well, if the Bible says, for without me, you can do nothing, do you know what I believe it says? For with me, you can do everything. Right? Without him, we can do nothing. So with him, we can do everything. So it doesn't matter what the storms are. We can make it through. Christians were created to be interdependent, not independent. In other words, interdependent. We depend on God the Father. We depend on Jesus the Son. We depend on the Holy Spirit. We depend on each other. We depend on the body of Christ. When we need God, then we need each other. If you can do If you cannot do anything apart from God, you can do all things with God. Listen to John 15, 7. It says, if, and that is such a big word, if you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it'll be done for you. So we can't let pride fool us that we can do this all by ourselves. We can go to schools, we can get education, we can have jobs, we can join certain clubs or organizations so that we have favor, that we have maybe the in. But even if we have all the money in the United States Mint, it won't mean anything sooner or later if we don't have God. In the passage, it's stated in verse 37 that the water arose, nearly filled, was breaking the boat. And as I said before, these guys are fishermen. They're used to storms, so used to it that they waited until the boat was nearly full of water. I wondered, why would they do that? And I think they thought they had it under control. Do you ever notice that you'll put up with pain, put up with pain, put up with pain, and you won't even tell anybody? You might have a backache, and you don't even talk about a backache. You don't tell anybody about a backache. You just live with a backache and think that's just your life. No joy. Maybe you live with a bad marriage. You say, well, at least we stayed married. How's that working for you? All right? Or kids aren't serving the Lord, and you're like, well, you know, that's the way kids are. You know, they'll come back sooner or later. No, we don't have to live like that because when we live like that, we're no better than the disciples that had the boats saying, oh, well, the water's coming in a little bit. Waves is crashing up against the boat a little bit. Things are busting up, breaking up. Well, water, water, well, maybe now we need to wake up Jesus. Can I tell you, don't wait till now. You got to wake up Jesus. Wake him up now. That's why we just had this year of awakening. 
God wants us to realize that the church has been asleep in a great way. And now we're awakened. And so it's not enough to be awake. Now we have to be in our purpose, in our focus. So he's giving us a fresh start. God's smarter than we think. We can't outwit him. He's the person that created us. And the very person who created us has plans for us. One of my favorite scriptures in the whole Bible is Jeremiah 29, 11. And it says, For I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you, not to harm you. And plans to give you a hope and a future. When you think that, you know it's not over. When you don't think that, you'll think it is over. There is nothing or no one who can give you help like Jesus can because he has the combination of three things that nobody else has. You might want to write these down if you've never written anything else. Jesus has total ability. You don't have the ability, but Jesus has total ability. He has total resources. You may not have enough money at the end of the month, but he has total resources. And then the next thing he has is total authority. So Jesus, when we get him in our boat, he has total ability, total resources, total authority. So why don't people ask him for help? Because it shows that we have to depend on somebody other than ourselves. And people are afraid if they have to depend on somebody else, they might not get what they need, and they also might not like what they receive. Do you ever notice you ask people for help, and this is what they do? Well, <clears throat> I knew you were going to get into this sooner or later because you weren't listening. Don't you just love asking those kind of people for help? Or what about, well, you know, it's bound to happen sooner or later the way you're running your finances. Oh, I like that kind of help too. Or how about this? I knew sooner or later you'd have to come asking me for money. I just knew it. I just want to tell them, keep your money, right? But see, Jesus doesn't throw up our past to bring us into our present and to give us a future. No, Jesus just wants you to help. He just wants to help you. Imagine you're a father. Imagine you're a mother and you look out over the earth and you see your son, and you see your daughter, and your son goes, Dad, Dad, I need help, and you're in heaven. My first thought, I'm sure many of your first thought is, there's my boy. Look at him reaching out for me. He needs help. He believes I can help him, so he's calling out to me. There she is. There's my girl. There is my daughter. Oh, look at her. She's going, Dad, I need you right now. Dad, I need some help. And he's like, that's my girl. She knows where to come when she's in trouble. See, he, he is not like people in our lives that are just waiting for us to fall, waiting for us to have to ask for something. No, he's waiting to give us something before we even ask. How much more when we ask him? So bad relations, bad money decisions, we ask for help, people... We don't even want to, but when we start asking God for help, he sits up in heaven and he delights. There's a myth going around that asking for help is a sign of weakness, but it's not. It's a sign of maturity. It's a sign of maturity. When I've backed my car into like a mud hole or a ditch or something, I don't sit there and just spin my wheels and try to get out. I know I'm going to go in deeper. I just like don't do anything. I just put the car in park and I just go in and go, Joe! Or, or when I was growing up, Dad, or like my brothers, David, you know, 
somebody who knows better than I do, and you know what? They don't get in the car and sit and do what I did. They're so much smarter. They get out. They, like, dump something out of a bag that was in the trunk on the ground. I don't even know what it is, but anyway. Or they stick stones or rocks or rugs. I mean, I've seen them do a lot of things. And then they, like, put it in low gear, and then they just, like, ease right out of it. And they're like, okay, you're fine now. And I'm like, thanks, right? Because they know something I don't know. Can I tell you, Jesus knows everything, and he's just waiting to help you. He really is. All right, so how do I wake him up? All right? Um, Point three, time. Okay, we've had the trouble. We've got a team, but now it's time. Proverbs 3.12 says, Because the Lord disciplines those he loves as a father, the son he delights in. So sometimes God will allow pain because he wants to pull something out of our life. Just like you have pain and you want to pull that tooth out out of your mouth to get rid of the pain. He wants to pull something out of our life. And there are times when God tells us not to do stuff and we don't listen. So he has to get us the information in a different way. And sometimes that way comes out in pain. John 5, 7 says this, Sir, the infant replied, I have no one to help me in the pool when the water is stirred. While I am trying to get in, someone else comes down ahead of me. See, going to Jesus shows that we respect him. We acknowledge who he is and what he can do in our situation. So we have to wake him up. And I do that by first acknowledging that he's my personal savior. But then I also recognize him as my source of survival. But then I also stay in communication with him. So he's my savior. He's my survival. He's my source. And I stay with him. And when I do that, I start worshiping him for who he is and what he's done in my life. 1 Thessalonians 5.18 says, Give thanks in all circumstances. In all circumstances? Are you kidding me, God? Yes, in all circumstances. For this is God's will for me in Christ Jesus. When I give him thanks in all circumstances, I realize it's not the circumstances that are going to take me out and take me down. It's Christ that's going to take me over and take me out. Amen? There are no situations too small for Jesus Christ to come into our life. From cancer to toothache, diabetes to a headache, if you're a believer and you truly believe that Jesus suffered on the cross, rose again for you, then why can't we believe him for other things? The disciples knew about Jesus. They knew about his healing the man with the deformed hand. They knew about the paralyzed man. They knew about him healing leprosy. They knew he even healed Peter's mother-in-law. And still, they didn't think enough to maybe, just maybe, think that that guy could help him out. Jesus even asked them, do you still not have faith in me? And I I, I asked, do I I have faith in Jesus? (laughs) Maybe you're sitting there asking yourself that that today. Because the the disciples asked Jesus frantically, don't you even care that we're going to drown? And this might be a real accepted statement, considering their circumstance. But that's what makes it, Really a problem is that they ask after Jesus had already said, we're going to the other side. What's Jesus already told you? I know I'm asking myself the same question. And you're still doubting. You're still worrying. Instead of living in the rest, that blessed assurance that God said he's going to work it out, and that's it. It settles it. You know, I just heard this. Some people aren't doing something. Thank you, Father. Some people aren't doing something because they don't believe it's going to happen, and they're afraid it won't happen the way they want it to, so they're doing nothing, and God's already told them it's done. So they have this 
procrastination, this built-in apathy, saying, ah, I'm not going to do that, when God's already said, it's going to be great, it's going to work. But there's this fear because there's no faith. Faith gets rid of fear. Faith comes by hearing. I hear right now, God said, this is going to be a year of fresh starts. You're going to have a fresh start. So no matter what shows up, you tell yourself, Mm-mm, God said this is a year of fresh starts. It's going to be good. It's going to be good. Because once they woke up Jesus, they were excited about it. They stood in awe of him. They said, who is this? And once we take the time to put Jesus in his rightful place in our life by giving him everything, we understand how good he is, and we start worshiping him. Our every thought is for who he is. The phrase in uh, verse 41 was not a statement that was made in hopes for an answer. It was made as a statement of assurance. And let me read that verse 2 and 41. It says, And they were filled with awe and said among themselves, Who is this man that even wind and waves obey him? So how much did Jesus love his disciples? He even said, Peace be still. Think of that. Say it with me. Peace be still. You know what he was saying? Quiet, be quiet. See, when I tell you that Jesus does abundantly more than you can think or ask, I don't know how much more quiet quiet can get. How about you, Teresa? I mean, you know, peace, be still, quiet, be still, quiet, be quiet. I don't understand this power, but I know who he is and I know what he's able to do. And things in our life are not freak accidents. They're planned out. And it's up to us to decide what we're going to do about them. Saying that you're a Christian means nothing if you don't fully surrender and understand that it is only Jesus who can save all the time. It does no good when you're losing the game and you have Michael Jordan on your team and you keep letting him sit on the bench. If we know how to wake up Michael, how much more do we know how to wake up Jesus? Amen? I want to transition here to the main meat of the message here in this last 20 minutes together. And that is that weight of an apostolic ministry and the power to bring transformation in two facets. And I believe that we have awakened Jesus in our lives. That's been our theme for the entire year. But now there's got to take place a proclamation and a demonstration. Proclamation means to tell or to speak out and then demonstrate is a demonstration of what was proclaimed. Jesus' birth was proclaimed all the time, then Jesus came on the scene. I believe each one of us has a proclamation that's about to come out of our mouth, and I'm going to give you an opportunity here at the end of the service. But the reason I'm bringing this up is because a revival or a move of God will not be sustained solely on demonstration. Throughout the years, the enemy has successfully stripped the church of supernatural power because what he's done is he's done a few demonstrations here and there, but that's what they've been. They've been a splash. A splash in, in the southern part of West Virginia, a splash in Brownsville, a splash in Florida, a splash here. And then what happens to a splash? A splash spreads out, and then what happens? It dries up because it was a what? A splash. But an apostolic church, and that's what you're in, and maybe that's why sometimes you feel like you want to get out of this church or you want to be offended or you know you get, get taken out. It's because an apostolic church is different. It is a covenant work. Jesus, the chief apostle, and when we connect to him, anytime we connect with Jesus, it is a birthing um, relationship. 
Covenant is, is a birthing relationship. A man and woman make a covenant. They come together, and what do they do? They birth children. They birth a home. When you have a child out of wedlock, it's called what? A bastard. And it's not called a son. It doesn't carry on the family name. But when you're in apostolic ministry, you come into covenant not just with God the Father, but with His children, and you become the family of God, and you begin to birth things on the earth that will outlive your life. Your life has a legacy. You leave a legacy because you birth something in the supernatural that doesn't die in the natural. And so what I see right here happening is there's going to be a radical new breed arising And I believe it's going to be the young people. And they're going to arise and they will act as a catalyst for the church's supernatural ministry that will bring to the forefront Christianity as we have never known it. We're not going to do something that's been done before that's going to come back. Remember, it was the former and the latter reign together. There's never been a time where they've worked together. And so I believe that the apostolic ministry is forming a a bank, a river bank, if you will, that this next move of God is not going to be a splash. It's going to be a flow. We have had a moment of awakening because we're going to have a movement of God. And this movement is going to flow in the banks of the river. And that apostolic mantle, hallelujah, is going to rise up. There's going to be more mantles available to many of you. And with a mantle of the supernatural, there are so many things that can happen. The Apostle Paul, one of the greatest thinkers of the day, boldly proclaimed demonstration was one of the cornerstones of his revival ministry. I want to look at 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 4. And he said this, My speech and my preaching was not enticing words of man's wisdom, but it was in demonstration of the Spirit and of power. So Paul, who was a religious, uh, brilliant scholar who could offer explanation of the deepest things of God, advocated a realm of ministry that explored and manifested the supernatural. It was not just what people heard, but also what they saw and what they experienced in their life. So proclamation and revelation are key components of an apostolic move and mantle and revival and a transformation that is not sustained by demonstration only. This is one of the weaknesses in many of the modern revival movements is it was a river without a bank. People were in a splash zone, but the water spilled all over and nothing was sustained. An encounter can break open a move, but only revelatory preaching and teaching will build, fuel, and sustain the move. We need these power team, team proclamation and demonstrated demonstration to have this revival movement. Paul had this ongoing prayer request, and it completely fascinates me. And like, if you could get me anything for Christmas, I'll take Ephesians 6.19. Just pray this for me. Pray this for apostles. Pray it for yourself. It's one of the greatest gifts. This is what it says. Pray for me that the power to speak may be given to me, that I may open my mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel. The mystery of the gospel. I don't know how you give and you receive abundantly more. I don't know how you sacrifice your life and your life is given back to you better than you could ever have it. I don't know how you wreck a car, give your money to go on on a missions trip and get seven times back, pay for the mission trip and have a better car. I don't know how that works. I just know that's the mystery of the gospel. Amen? And so when we're talking about this, his request was that he would effectively receive and communicate the mystery of the gospel. 
He was asking people to join their faith with him that he could release the scrolls of heaven that had not been released yet. That he would not just speak a message from his head, but he would tap into the deeper realms of God and communicate from a place of revelation. Amen? Philip went down to Samaria and he preached Jesus. And that was a great demonstration, but it was not so much his words, but the tangible flow that brought the city into a transformation. Look at Acts chapter 8, verse 5 through 8. And it says, Philip went down to the city of Samaria and he preached Christ to them. Okay, I get that. He preached Christ to them. Not how to get rich, not a prosperity gospel, not just get healed, not just get filled with the Holy Ghost, not saved and, and, and forever you're saved. Once saved and always saved. Not just Jesus, but he preached Christ to them. And when the crowds heard Philip and saw the miracles that he did, they listened in unity to what he said. For unclean spirits crying with a loud voice came out of many who were possessed, and many who were paralyzed or lame were healed. So there was much joy in Philip's life. No, it wasn't just in Philip's life. It was what? In the whole city. There was a missionary, and he decided that he was going to play a game with some of the kids. And so he took a big basket full of fruit and full of vegetables, and he put it way at the end of the road, and he had all these little kids around him. He said, first one that gets to the basket gets the prize. And he was stunned. They all locked arms, and they all held hands, and they all went together, and they got to the basket, and they all sat down around the basket, and they all shared all the fruits and vegetables. And he was like, why didn't you guys run ahead and and get that basket and get it for yourself? And they said, you too be. And he said, what? And he said, you too be. And he said, what does that mean? he said, when one wins, all win. And so... Together, we are better. I mean, the the continent of Africa understands things that the Western church has lost. There must be supernatural manifestations of the kingdom of God, but there must also be a proclamation of what God's going to do, and the people will be dramatically healed, dramatically delivered. And that is one of the critical signs of revival and an awakening ministry. After revival broke out here with Philip, you're going to read on, and it says that a sorcerer showed up. Can I tell you, the fake always tries to impersonate the real. And when real ministry takes place, people will try to do ministry like they did ministry because success leaves clues. So they'll try to do what the other ministry did because they had success doing what they were doing. And that's not what they're supposed to do. So God can't bless it. That was a mouthful. All right. So revival broke up and this sorcerer shows up. So the enemy will always attempt to stir up opposition. Listen to this. And there will always be snakes try to jump out of the fire. Mm. There will be resistance from the outside and resistance from the inside. People on the front lines of revival will be confronted with their own mind and their own emotions. And as the fire burns hotter to a new level, they'll be deciding on whether they want to go there or not. But then there are others that are just like, give me the fire. And they'll just, you know, be doing it like Paul was, and then the viper will try to get out and bite his hand. You know what he does? Shake it off. This is a prophetic act this morning. I want you to just go like this. Because I'm telling you, you guys are going to have a fresh start. Something's going to happen in your life, and the devil's going to try to get you, and you know what? Just shake it off. Remember this word this morning. Just shake it off. What is it, 12, 12, 21? Is that what today is? All right. 12 means unity, and it means government. Get in unity and govern yourselves and govern yourselves with the body. 12, 12, 21, all right? So the fire will bring out good things, but it'll bring out bad things and ugly things. So the good, bad, and the ugly. 
The real fire of awakening is a fire of purification. Look at Malachi 3.2. It says, so who can endure the, the day of his coming? And who can stand when he appears? For he is like a refiner's fire, like a fuller's soap. And if you've ever used fuller's soap, the longer you leave it on, the worse it burns. It doesn't just come and just wash off the dirt. It changes your skin, all right? So Philip was not distracted by the sorcerer, but preaching Jesus awakened that city, and that awakening continued to where there was not, not just awakening, but there was a demonstration of the Spirit. Um, Acts uh, 8, 14 through 17, let's look at that. Now, when the apostles were at Jerusalem and heard that Samaria had received the word of God, they sent Peter and John to them. And when they came down, they prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Spirit. For he still had come on none of them. They were only baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. They laid hands on them and they received the Holy Spirit. The apostles right here, Peter and John, went to Samaria to unfold another dimension of the awakening. Can I tell you, 2022 is going to be another dimension. Proclamation and revelation is vital. They added banks to the river so that the flow would continue. Everybody shout continue. See, there is much needed revival and much needed awakening in the church today, but there's been a void of the Holy Spirit move because everybody's been attempting to control it and nobody's actually spoke it out and proclaimed it. So <clears throat> people tell me this a lot. Uh, Pastor Teresa always jokes about it. I had a Women of Witness conference, and it was called uh, Running with the Horses. And when I did that conference, there was nothing when I said it about horses. By the time the conference came and I needed everything, at Hobby Lobby, there were horses everywhere. Everybody was selling horses. Horses were horse pictures, horse, oh yeah, Cracker Barrel. I mean, just horses. The bags at Cracker Barrel had horses on them. Now, really, all right? Then I did rising, um, Raising Kings. And there were no crowns anywhere. There were no big lions anywhere. How many of you see crowns and lions everywhere? It's because it was a proclamation. And when you are prophetic, and you all are prophetic, you might not all be prophets, but you're all prophetic. When a prophet prophesies, prophesies it comes to pass. They kept saying, lady die, lady die, lady die, lady die. And Lady Diana did what? She died very early. That's why the power of life and is in the power of the tongue. And so uh, now you can find lions and you can find crowns everywhere. Why? Because the prophet had need of it. The prophet spoke it and then it came into being. So we are awakened and now we are going to have a fresh start. God spoke it. I proclaim it. It will come to pass and you will see it. And so here we are that... Both are, it's vital to release the culture of heaven, but to maintain the move that happens when you release it. Without these two components, we'll have eruptions, but they'll fade quickly. The apostles came and established people in truth so that there was a second wave after the miracles. They had all these signs, all these miracles, all these lame people were walking, blind eyes were seeing, deaf people were talking, and then what happened? It got bigger because the power of the Holy Ghost came upon them in the upper room, and they were filled with the Holy Ghost, and then more happened. They heard people talking in their own languages. Without these two components, we're just going to have little splashes, not a river. 
The apostles came and established this. There was glory wave that was unlocked by their teaching. Power to sustain their move was released. God is raising up young people and he's giving the old people a fresh start. There is going to be a new move of God. Yes, there'll be signs, miracles, and wonders, but they're not going to just be splashes. It's going to be the flow. It's going to be normal for the day. The sorcerer arose a second time and tried to even buy the anointing. There's the great wealth transfer. They're going to want what you have, and they're going to be willing to pay for it. And we're not going to sell it because it's not ours to sell. Amen? They didn't allow a snake to jump out of the fire and stop the flow. In the midst of the move, we're going to have to shake off some snakes. You and I will have to confront some things, but we must stay focused and keep on going. I didn't say you won't get bit, did I? I didn't say snakes aren't going to jump out of the fire, did I? I said shake it off. Amen? So the apostles and the prophets are willing to confront what other people tolerate. And in this ministry, it's an apostolic ministry, apostles and apostles, and I'm a prophet. So together, this church is built on apostles and prophets. It's not going to be like other churches. All right? It is different. What other churches tolerate, we confront. Amen? This is the case, the example that the apostles came, and what they do, they hit it head on. They said, there's some incest going on in the church. They're not taking care of the widows in the church. What they, they said things other people wouldn't say. The church didn't mind them selling little statues of Diana. Why? They got the money. But apostles and prophets don't tolerate that sort of thing. The current move of God has a life-giving river of demonstration that's about to radically perform signs, miracles, and wonders, and it holds the potential to break open a move of God in this territory that is only half of the apostolic mantle of the awakening. The other half is the proclamation. And so what I want you to do is stand to your feet, and I'm going to walk around with the microphone, and I'm going to ask you to proclaim what you want in your life, what you're hearing God want you to do, because I believe there's a generation of building agents. Hear me. A generation of building agents of awakening, and they're arising with a twofold ministry flow. They're going to demonstrate the glory of God. They're going to communicate the oracles of God, and they're going to have a move of God. And how are they going to do that? The three T's. They're going to have trouble, but trouble is going to cause them to wake up Jesus. Amen? And then the trouble that they have when they wake up Jesus, they're going to work with Jesus as a team and work with the body as a team. That's the second T. And three, they know it's time. Doesn't matter what trouble we have, matters what team we're on. And it matters that now is the time. Awakening was not just for a moment. The awakening was for a movement. Hallelujah. It's time to wake up Michael. Amen. It's time to wake up Jesus. He's been on the bench too long. As we're getting ready to go into the proclamation, I'm going to walk around and hand you a microphone to be able to proclaim some things. I want to proclaim that these six states right now, Arkansas, Missouri, Mississippi, Illinois, Tennessee, and Kentucky will come back not as good, but come back better than ever. That what the devil meant for evil with these tornadoes, God's going to work it for good. That there'll be more salvations, more churches. Maybe there were some churches that needed to be torn down. God's going to build a bigger, better one. Amen? Maybe there were some people that, that lost their lives, but they lost their lives as Christians. Maybe God knew that if they lived longer that they wouldn't have served God all the days of their lives. 
Amen? I mean, if, if God says it's better to cut off your hand, let it burn, than your whole body burn, I'm all about getting rid of the hand, right? Then the, the, the tornado went somewhere continuously between 223 miles and 227 miles. And I just, I just saw between 2023 and 2027, you're going to see everything change. The face of the earth, 2023 to 2027, you're going to see the world's going to change. The world as you know it, you won't even recognize it. Just as you saw the hurricane, you saw the mass devastation, and you didn't even recognize whose house was whose or what was what. Between 2023 and 2027, you will not recognize the church. You'll not recognize your life if you're moving on with God. Then, uh, I, someone gave me this. It was a 96-year-old record breaker. They didn't know whether it was a tri or a quad tornado. Well, I believe it's a Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. It's, 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 it's a tri. There's, there's a whirlwind of God about the earth, and, and you've seen it started. This will not be the last. And you're going to see, not from the devastation, from the ashes, God build up something very beautiful. The, the western Kentucky, there was a small town of 10,000 population, but in it, that town there was a candle factory. And there was also an Amazon factory in Alabama. And I believe that, that God is speaking something to us out of these things that are happening on the earth. The Bible says that the earth cries out, that it mourns, that even rocks will cry out, that trees will clap their hands. And I'm believing God that this awakening that we've experienced in this house for this moment of time has started a movement in your lives, in every one of you, in your families, in your finances, in your relationship, in your willingness to do what God wants you to do. You're going to be different, peculiar. The prophet came in, she even said what? You were unusual. She said, you might as well put an unusual one in your refrigerator. There's going to be unusual miracles. Hallelujah. So I proclaim right now by the words of my mouth that this will be known as a church of unusual miracles. This will be a church. This will be a people of unusual favor, unusual finances, unusual relationships. That there'll be no bitterness, that there'll be no unforgiveness, that there'll, there'll be no... Um, Hurt feelings, no offenses take place. Be like, don't talk about my brother. Somebody brings you with some kind of news or something, and you're like, don't talk to me about that. I don't want to hear that. That's my brother. That's my sister. You hear another evil report, and you're like, nah, let's pray. Amen? Because too long for the, uh, the church, there, we've been what? Not using our mouth for God, for proclamation, but using our mouths for the enemy and causing more problems. Hallelujah. So, Lord, we declare and we decree this is our year of fresh start. We declare and we decree, hallelujah, this is a year of fresh starts, fresh starts, fresh starts, fresh starts. Hallelujah. Woo, we're going to shake some things off this year. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Hey. Oh, I stir myself up in my most holy faith. Give me some guitar there, uh, Matthew. Wind it down for me. Give me some rock and roll. Hallelujah. I'm going to rock this place this morning. Glory to God. Oh, I'm not afraid of the fire. I'm not afraid of the fire. Like the disciple, I'm going to stir the fire and make it hotter. When something bites me, I'm just going to shake it off in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. No weapon. No weapon. 
Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. You want a proclamation? You want to proclaim something? Just raise your hand at me. If you don't raise your hand, I won't embarrass you and offer you a microphone. The wayward sons and daughters are coming home and the families are going to be restored, united, and stronger. Say it real loud again. The wayward sons and daughters are coming home and the families are going to be restored, united, and stronger. Hallelujah. Give the Lord praise for that proclamation. Hallelujah. Proclamation. God, I thank you not just for Asia, not just for Asia but for Beijing. I thank you that your spirit goes into the homes of the Communist Party. I thank you there's no war, but there's revival in China, that you hear the tears of your people, that you hear that the deaths and the sacrifices are not in vain over the years, God, and that there's a revival in that country and in that continent and in Pyongyang in North Korea. And I thank you that their sacrifices won't be in vain and that there will be a restoration of you there. In Yeshua's Woo! name, amen. Yes, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Anybody raise their hand? I'm going to come to you. My, my family and I will spend 2022 in the places we're supposed to be, with the people we're supposed to be with, doing the things we're supposed to be doing. We'll not be distracted by other things. In Jesus' Amen. name. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory. Pra praise the Lord. Somebody else raise your hand. Give me a proclamation. I wrote this down um, when Pastorina first announced it. Uh, Ryan Kennedy probably knows. I don't stick a microphone. Uh, I think about what I'm going to say. So I feel like God's saying, as you go forward, I will go with you. As you go forward, I will meet you. And as you go forward, I will bless you. Woo, hallelujah. Raise your hand if you have a proclamation. I just proclaim clarity and focus and strength yes. for me and my family to follow God's will. Yeah. In 2022. Yes. Anybody else? Proclamation. I proclaim that Palau Radio is going to explode across Woo! the world. It's going to explode. I proclaim that the lifeboats are going to explode with those that God's calling in. And I proclaim that I will finish my book that God gave me the name for, Shaking Off the Serpent, two years ago. And now I know why it's not finished. Woo! I proclaim that it will be finished in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Dale. Oh, la, 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 la. I declare that uh, stepping up, no longer sitting on the bench, Father, stepping up and stepping into that batter's box, Lord, declaring of my people be stepping up. And I will see a mighty move of the young people, the young children, that they will not just be in classrooms, but they will be uh, prophesying, laying on hands of one another and seeing raising up of the dead in Jesus' name for this, this group of young people we have in our church. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Somebody else. Yeah. Let's do some proclamations here. If you don't say it, he can't perform it. I proclaim that the church in West Virginia will be a basket that catches every abandoned and abused child that's been neglected in our state. Woo! I agree with that. Shout amen. I, uh, I proclaim that in accordance to what uh, Jesus said in Matthew 22 about the greatest commandment, it, to love the Lord your God um, with all your heart, your soul, your mind, your strength. And this commandment is equally like it, to love your neighbors yourself. I proclaim... Uh, in Jesus' name, that our teens will love God, love others, and love themselves in accordance to that scripture. 
Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Come on, stir yourself up. Proclaim something so God can perform something. Healed, whole, and delivered. I heal the brokenhearted. I heal the brokenhearted. Amen. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Apostle's raising his hand. I think I'll give him the mic. I decree and I declare this morning entrepreneurial gifts in 2022. Father, I thank you. There'll be businesses started. There'll be a new breed of entrepreneurs that pastor their businesses successfully. In the name of Jesus, we decree it. I declare businesses to fund the ministry, God. Give God entrepreneurship all the way through. Those that want it, those that want to do it, and those that got the desire and a gift, God, I think it'll develop this year. New businesses in the name of Jesus. Amen and amen. Hallelujah. I got a witness on that. In fact, some, a couple of you, lights popped on over your head. So, Dane, I don't know what God's going to do, but there's an entrepreneur uh, anointing on you, Dane Fitch. And Samantha, there's an entrepreneurial anointing on you, just just lit up just like that. And so the two of you, I know for a fact, I mean, because God just will, whoop, there, there it is. All right. Somebody else have a proclamation they want to share. Okay. Hallelujah. Let me get back here and Mama, <laughs> I don't know whether I can talk or not. You can do it. Um, it's been a tough year, and I know um, everybody in here has went through things this year. Well, I proclaim right now, and God's telling me that He's going to heal the broken heart. Yeah. Amen. He's going to heal. He's going to let us know what this was about. That's right. And that mm-hmm. what the devil meant, and it was the devil. That's it right. was not Come God on. that caused this. Come on what the devil meant for evil. God's going to turn around for good. I, at this moment, I don't see how, but I know that God knows the beginning from the end. Mm-hmm. And he told me that where I see something coming to an end, that's his beginning. Mm-hmm. Hallelujah. We just proclaim that this is going to be the year of the Lord, that we're going to stand strong. We're going to we're going to stand out. We're going to break through. There's going to be breakthrough. There's going to be breakout in this church, and we yes. claim it right now in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 Breakout in this church. Good things from bad things. Hallelujah. Can I proclaim that the things that we've gone through individually and corporately and as a nation, it's okay because God's got it. It's going to be a fresh start, and it may not look like anything that we think it should look like because we like what we had. But it's a fresh start. We're birthing something new, and it's going to be okay, and it's going to be better because a new wine is always better. Mm, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Woo! Church, we're going back to the cross. We're going back to the cross. Nothing but the blood and the cross. Yes. That's where we're headed. Mm-hmm. That's a fresh start. Yes, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Someone else, Marguerite. Love it when young people take a mic. That my generation, we do not forget the things that every other generation has gone through, that we remember it and we learn from it so we can make the future better for the church. Mm -hmm. Hallelujah, Lord. I take her hand and I say, yes, Lord. The former and the latter together, Lord. Do something that you've never done before, Lord. There's never been a time that the former and the latter have worked together. We proclaim in Jesus' name there is a young people 
Oh, I see them. They're rising up like a mighty army. They, they, they look like skeletons, some of them. They, they didn't have anything on them. And we thought, what's good is theirs? The piercings, the, the, the tattoos, the everything. And I just see them coming up. And as they're coming up and they're, they're getting stronger, I see them filling the platform. Young people just from one end to the other, just praising God. A radical group of Christians. Amen. Hallelujah. Somebody else I saw had their hand up. Liam. I want to proclaim peace and, uh, and the ability to rest because I know that there's going to be hard things coming our way and there's going to be stressful situations, but we're going to be able to be at peace and to get our rest through those times. Amen. Hallelujah. Spoken like a true man of God. Peace and rest. Amen. Hallelujah. Anybody else? Now's your time to do a proclamation so that God can do a demonstration. We can keep this in the banks, amen? We can have a flow going over here in the house. I proclaim that uh, God's going to strike down the division that's in this nation. And he's going to, and all those that try to cause the division, he's going to strike it down in Jesus' name. Strike it down, Lord. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, let's bring that praise and worship up before we close the service. Oh, just give him a few minutes to marinate what's been said in the house today. Hallelujah. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Give me all you got. Give me all you got. We declare and we decree that every voice, every prayer, every statement, every proclamation that's been said will be established and will come to pass. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Even as she's singing, God's like, it's moaning in birth pains. And I see something breaking forth, even though her voice is breaking something in the atmosphere. Something's been broke off of you this morning. So just begin to go, just shake it off right now. Just say, God's broke it. Broke it. The captivity that I was under, the depression that I was under, the chains that had me bound, the old sin patterns, fear of man. Woo! Her voice just broke it in the atmosphere. God, we thank you for what you did this morning. We thank you, Lord. We're not going to end this service. We're just going to continue it as we go about our day, Lord, that something different is, a, is happening right now in this house. We are awakened to a movement, and we will have a fresh start. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. God bless you. We'll see you Wednesday night. Thank you, team. That was awesome.